Hi everyone and welcome to Meet the Masters, a product marketing podcast dedicated to the core strategies of product marketing. My name is Charlie Gale and I'm a copywriter here at Product Marketing Alliance. PMA is the single largest product marketing community in the world, providing a global platform for new and seasoned PMM professionals to network, learn and thrive in their careers. In this episode, I spoke to Daniel Cooperman, Head of Core Product Marketing and Go-To-Market at Atlassian, to discuss all things analyst relations. Daniel has over 15 years of experience with fast-growing B2B organisations, where he built teams, owned go-to-market planning and execution, and helped businesses scale, transform and create new market categories. With this experience, Daniel has a lot of knowledge and expertise on how to build strong relationships with analyst teams, which is something we talk about within this episode, along with what you can learn from the Analyst Relations Certified Masters course we have at PMA, a course that Daniel himself built from his experience and expertise in the field. Hey Daniel, how are you? I am good. Great, it's lovely to have you here. Um, I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So um, I just want to go straight into it, basically talking about how you're the instructor for the analyst relations course. Um, For me personally, I found it quite um, surprising that, um, you know, analyst relations needed a course. You know, I think for maybe some people, it might feel quite daunting um, as, you know, like they might think, why do I need an entire course on you know, building relationships with analysts. So I'd love to know about, you know, how you found the process for building this course, but then also why you think that analyst relations is such an important topic for product marketers to learn. Yeah, that's a great question, Charlie. So first of all, uh, just building the course itself, I think, you know, PMA has a fantastic setup for doing this. Like, it's clearly like you guys have done this for a while. Uh, so I'm glad, you know, that when I got there, everything was all set up and it was like super professional and just recording and everything um, was super good. But the process of building the course itself uh, involved a lot of like back and forth between myself and the people from the PMA giving me feedback. And there's also like third parties involved. So PMA also asked other product marketers to kind of take a look and like, you know, quality check and what are we missing? And I think having people from the community also pitching in and helping the instructors kind of make sure that the course is really applicable and it makes sense. That was a really good feedback for me as an instructor to know that, yes, I am in the going the right direction and the, the subject matter does make sense for people. And the in- interesting thing about analyst relations is it's not typically the first subject that would come on anyone's mind when talking about product marketing. However, in many companies, especially if you're in a very, very competitive market, and my experience is primarily on the B2B tech side, but also applies to other markets, is that it can really mean the difference between a lot of people being interested in your product and calling you and, and, and wanting to demo your product versus you just flying under the radar and not being shortlisted, right? There's a lot of trust building that comes with analysts uh, and also brand awareness in the market. So while, again, it's not one of like the top three topics you might think about, like typically enablement, competitive, they all come for us and I understand that. 
if you don't have a solid plan and structure for your analyst relations, it's going to be very, very difficult if you're in a very highly competitive environment. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. So with product marketing, um, one of the like staple things that everyone talks about is how important collaboration is, um, not just with the, the team, but also with other teams. So I want to know a bit more about, you know, what role do analysts play and how can analyst relations really help you specifically in your role as a product marketer? Yeah, so this is interesting because while the product marketer might be the main person responsible for that relationship, if you don't have, let's say, an analyst relations person in some larger companies, you're going to have people and departments focus full-time on that. But for a lot of companies, especially smaller startups or mid-sized organizations, product marketing really is the owner of that relationship, the analyst and the product. Um, so in that sense, it, it kind of almost sometimes feels like product marketing is, is a person, is a place, but the reality is there's behind that PMM, behind the product marketer, there is a lot of other people that have to help get the right information out to the analysts. And that involves, of course, your product team, right? Your product managers. Um, it could also involve uh, sales engineers who might be the technical people demoing the product or helping with customer stories. Um, you are going to have to interface also with the finance team uh, and even your public relations team on what is the information that you have, financials that you can disclose to the analysts and historicals. So in a sense, product market plays like a lot of a, a coordination in when it comes to getting the information to multiple departments inside a company, packaging that up and providing that in the narrative form to the analysts so that they really understand the, the background of the company, what is happening, why are you successful, what is your position in the market. So it's really like a team effort. The interesting thing also as a product marketer to think about is that need of providing information for the analysts is a really, really good opportunity for you as a product marketer to start spreading out and making connections with other teams who will be able to help you do your job better. So it kind of helps the forcing function in a lot of cases to, hey, you need to reach out to that PM, you need to reach out to the finance person, you need to reach out to customers even, right, to bring them to the conversation as well. And that can really, really help in your career as a PMM. It's encouraging to hear then that, you know, this strategy is going to help you work alongside your team members and like different departments as well. Like it's going to definitely strengthen that, which is like great to hear. Um, so obviously product marketers are juggling so many different strategies these days. Um, so how much focus should product marketers be putting into their analyst relations strategy? Yeah, that is the key question, right? Like, okay, I need to do this. Uh, is it full-time or no? Should I hire 10 people? Like, yeah. And unfortunately, the answer is it depends. <laughs> because smaller companies, right? So if you're a startup, you may not have the budget and, 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 and the manpower to just put behind the endless program. If you're a large organization, you definitely have more leeway on uh, how much effort you're going to put into that. So it's going to also depend. So it depends on the size of the company, but it also depends on your stage as a company and where your product is in the market. Like, is it just entering um, uh, an existing market or is your product creating a whole new category? How mature is your market? 
uh, how, how how is the competition happening? Is it highly competitive, or there's only a couple really well uh, known incumbents, and you're kind of disrupting the market? So all of these are factors that we actually talk about in the course on how to think about those different factors and adjusting them to your own reality. So you can really make sure that the proposal you're putting forth to your boss or the executive team or the CEO of the company on how you're going to tackle energy relations is going to make sense for your company. So unfortunately, it's not one of those answers that is like anyone should have the following things, one person or two people and the following hours per day. No, no, no. So during the course, we walk you through like how to think about it put together the proposal and have a right conversation with the executive team or, or your boss or the CEO to a put together a analyst relations programs that make sense for your company. No, I think that makes complete sense. You know, with every strategy, you've got to kind of adapt it to your like work factors. So that makes complete sense. Um, when it comes to people just starting out and building um an analyst relations program from the beginning, what are the like, you know, the golden tips that you think that they should, you know, take on board? So here's what I tell people is if you're just starting out, right? I think that the first rule is don't try to do too much. Like there's so many analyst funds, you just possibly can't cover all of them. And you shouldn't. You have to pick what are the top three at the most key strategic funds, Gartner Force or ESG, like it doesn't really matter depending on your industry and your market. Who are those couple funds that you really want to get to know and you want to make sure that they get to know you because they are the most influential funds in the market? Start small, but think big. So after those, have it mapped out along the next few years, what are the other firms that you're going to be engaging with if you can prove the, the program works and you get more budget, you get more people. So that's one first uh, uh, nugget, if you will. The second one is always, always make sure that you're not just doing analyst relations for the sake of talking to analysts and, and getting published in a the report. There's way more to a good a analyst relations program than a magic quadrant or a wave or something like that. There's a lot of competitive information you can get. There's product feedback. So really think about all of the great ways that you can use and you can leverage analysts for your marketing program, because that's going to help you build a case for why you should engage them with in the first place. And again, in the course, we walk you through a series of steps as well as what are all of those possibilities, right? Not only competitive and, and market research, but product feedback so that you can really start thinking more strategically about what am I going to get out of it? How much effort am I going to put into this? And who should I talk to from an analyst firm to make the program work for me? Awesome. Thank you. That's great. So I guess it kind of is like a similar thread in that what do you consider to be like the key pillar for any analyst relations strategy? Obviously, I know there's a lot um, that goes into it, but what is like the one thing that you think that everyone should like really um, heed and take notice of? That's a tough question. Like <laughs> choosing like the one thing. Um, so I've done a lot of uh, analyst relations and, and been in many teams that do analyst relations a little bit differently. And I've done a lot of mistakes. So uh, I think that if there's like one thing that I really, really learned is um, you got to tie everything to a core narrative, right? So there is something, there's a, a core messaging and position that you have 
Uh, and of course, first thing people think about product marketing is message and positioning. Great, you should have that. So make sure that that carries over through your analyst relation programs. What I mean by that is every slide you present, every interaction that you have should be reinforcing that core messaging and positioning. So everything needs to back that narrative that you're telling the analysts in the examples you give them, in the product features that are coming out in the market, in customers' stores and case studies, always make sure that that ties back to that. Otherwise, you know, analysts are going to be hearing one thing from you. They're going to be saying something else on the website. Customers are going to be telling them something else. So like that message and positioning also carries through to the analyst relation program. That is the underlying like, like foundation where your program is built upon. Awesome. Um, so I listened to one of your talks actually um and you said about how um you were working at one company where the ceo promised things that like you didn't think that you were able to like you know actually carry out um so i guess with like on the same thread what are like the things that you really just should not be doing (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, you definitely don't want to tell analysts something that is not true. Right? That's for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, luckily, yeah, I learned my lesson there and I was able to steer the CEO uh, out of analyst conversations if he could help himself. <laughs> but um, so for sure, um, when dealing with analysts, right, there is a little bit of um, setting the expectations for the future of the company. Like the, part of the analyst's job is to see ahead and understand like, where are the players in the market taking the market, right? There's what are the capabilities today and what are the future capabilities? And one of the ways that they do that is by listening to your company and saying like, hey, what are your plans for the future? Where you guys see uh, things coming from? And you should be very careful about one, promising things that you are not going to be able to deliver. If you put together a roadmap slide and you show them three months later, six months later, it doesn't matter how much time has passed. Before they meet with you again, they what they're going to do is they're going to go to their database. They're going to look back whether you've presented to them, and they're going to make notes on things they want to make sure to follow up with you on. And if there are certain things in the roadmap that you've told them you're going to have and you're not delivering, they will ask you about it. So be very careful about the certainty, right, in which you put things in front of the analyst. Um, so, so that's one thing. The other thing is preparation. And part of a good managed AR program is how well you have the team prepared for those conversations. And I'll give an example. If we, if you're my analyst and I'm sitting down with you to talk about the next great big thing that we're coming out with, and I have a bunch of people with me, I have someone to do the demo, I have someone that's going to talk about the founders of the company, and I have someone else who's going to talk about a customer story. If you haven't prepared the team on the cohesive narrative, again, going back to that core messaging and positioning, that's the foundation of the company, uh, you may be in a situation which people are coming with different stories and different examples, and you're like, how do I tie all of this back up? And I've been in that situation, and I learned the hard way that um, uh, analysts they would give you the feedback, like, this was a mess. Like, I couldn't understand. Like, they didn't make sense. So it's very important for you to learn how to communicate internally, align the team so and have a prep call. Like, you're talking about this, you're talking about that, or we all agreed, even doing a dry run for very important presentations. If you're participating, 
in a magic quadrant from Gartner, in a wave report, you will have to conduct briefings and demos uh, live or recorded to those analysts. It's very important to get the entire team all in sync about what are we saying as a team, how is that coming across, and how do we tone it, you know, how fine-tune it. Um, that's the, the the other thing that I learned. And I say, finally, um, one of the mistakes that I've seen and I've done it is not engaging enough with the analysts. Is like if you're only waiting to engage with them when there is a uh, again, a competitive evaluation type of report, like a quadrant or a wave, um, you're going to be missing, like in all of the money you're spending for the analyst relation programs, not as a subscriber, but also in the effort of a team, right? So make sure that you have cadence of communication with the analysts and don't just engage with them like once a year when it's time for that one briefing to get into a leader's position in whatever uh, comparative report that you're putting out. It's really like a long game. Like think of the analyst as a long game you're playing with multiple touch points along the way to really help them see your company the way you want them to be seen. So really, it sounds a lot like there are a lot of transferable skills from product marketers just as a whole, like so collaboration, communication, messaging and positioning, all of these things yes. that are so strong um, within like a product marketing role anyway. So I guess it's kind of reassuring, like, hopefully to the listener that they already possess all of the traits that they need to carry out an, a strong analyst relations program. That's exactly it, right? Like what you learn in messaging position, uh, narr- the, the narrative design part of it, you can all carry that to a competitive um, uh, analysis. Everything like culminates in that analyst relations program. Like when you're briefing the analyst, when you're doing the demo, when you're taking the information from the analyst back to the field, back to your sales team. So it's almost like a really, really microcosm of product marketing skills all tied together within one program. And, and that really helps you shine, if you will, to the rest of the company on, you know, if you, if there's a one area that you can use to demonstrate the value of product marketing is the analyst relations program. There's so much good that can come out of a good program, like uh, more sales, more competitive intelligence, better enablement for the sales team. Like it's really one like capstone, if you will, uh, of your your PMA master's course. Like if you have a good analyst relation program, it encapsulates everything else you're learning into one like single uh, uh, direct program. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. So um, when it comes to, I guess, leveraging different resources across an organization, um, like how can you do this to help you with building like these successful relationships with your analysts? Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting question, right? Um, there's so many resources you have as a product marketer, and and choosing the right the right ones for the right time is is always key. Um, what I would say, and something I mentioned in the course as well, is that. Um, when you're planning for your analyst program, you're going to divide that into different types of engagements. So there are going to be uh, briefings in which you're giving something to the analyst. There are going to be inquiries in which the analyst is telling you something, right? There's going to be uh, reports and, and, and different types. And for all of those types of engagements, as a product marketer, you've got to think about what am I trying to get out of it? 
what is in it for me, for the analyst, and for the company in general? And then thinking about who are the best resources in the company that I have for that particular type of call. So if I'm doing a briefing, right, if I'm presenting something, you want to have a product manager in, you may have, want to have a sales engineer or someone else, an executive. If you're having an inquiry with the analyst, meaning you're asking them questions, you're peppering them with questions, you're tr diving down into uh, uh, the details of a report, you may want to have different people uh, in the room as well, or to help you prepare with the right questions. So one of the key elements of a good analyst program is the product marketing, marketing manager that understands those types of engagements and can really prepare for each engagement differently, leveraging the internal resources and the collaboration has across the team specifically for the outcome he or she's expecting of that engagement. Awesome. Thank you. So um, I have some, I, well, we reached out to the uh, product marketing community to see if they had any questions for you. Um, and I'm actually quite glad that you've ended on that because you mentioned briefings. Um, and the first question that someone has asked is, what makes a good analyst um, briefing deck? I would say that a good analyst briefing deck uh, addresses some very key points. and. It sh you shouldn't concern yourself too much with the length of the deck. I've seen decks that are like 10 slides and they have addressing all the key points and decks that are like 30 slides, but also addressing all the key points. It's kind of like, depends if you have the right information in the deck. And you gotta make sure that it, there is a cohesive narrative. Again, going back to the messaging and positioning, there's a narrative across the slides that tie the story together. It's not disjunctive. And the other part of this is addressing like what's happening in your company that's important to the market. Why is that important? And how is that different from everyone else that's doing something similar? Because there's always alternative competitors and all this stuff, right? So the analyst is coming after having talked to all of your competitors, they're coming to you and they're saying, hmm, let's see, but this, this guys have to tell us that's different. So you've got to anchor into how are you different, how uh, how the why the market cares about that, right? And giving them proof. One of the core things the analysts are always looking for is the proof. It is one thing if you're saying that this feature that you just released is going to change the world. The other thing, if, if you come to them and you say, this feature just released has already been used by X number of clients, and here are some of the results that they are having. So you don't leave the analysts guessing as to why is this important, who is using that. You feed it to them, and you have the proof points. Having proof points in analyst conversations is going to completely change the way that they see you as a company, and is going to solidify in their minds how you're different, why should they care, and what is happening with the market that no one else can do but you. I really appreciate that you said that because I think, you know, with everything um, in product marketing, it's like with your competitive intelligence, your market research, with everything you need to like really make sure that you're finding that unique selling point about like your company, your product, so that you're standing out from the crowd. Um, so it's, you know, again, I guess, reassuring to know that this is something that you can carry through to your analyst relations. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so the next question is, how do I estimate the budget I need for my analyst relations strategy? Hmm. 
That's a tricky question. Um, it's something I'm, uh, there's a, a module about budgeting for analysts in, in the course, right? But so um, the, the TLDR of that is you, you gotta really think about a few different elements. So one element is um, client or membership fees that an analyst like Gartner, Forrester, IDC, et cetera, will charge you. And there is, uh, it changes uh, quite a lot depending on the tier of the analyst and the type of analyst you have for your own particular market. The membership fee is typically an annual fee that you have to account for. And that gives you access to the analysts, access to reports and a bunch of other things. Different analyst firms will have different types of memberships that include more things than other things. So it's gotta, you gotta really be careful about um, which ones you're signing up for. But that's one of the elements, like the annual fee. Other than the annual fee that you may have to pay to, to analysts, the other cost is related to, um, do you want to go to any events that the analyst is putting together? So some of the, the larger ones, they have annual or semi-annual uh, trade shows or gatherings and meetups where you may have to fly someone out there to meet the analysts or have a presence at their events. If depending on your stage in the market and how big you are, you may want to do that. If you're like a small company just starting up, you may want to pass on that. So that's another consideration. And the other part of the budget is people, right? Um, how much of your time as a product marketer do you going, are you going to have to spend um, talking with analysts, gathering information, researching the market? And do you need more people to help you do that? Do you need to hire someone? Uh, do you need to hire that that's going to be reporting to you and, and doing all of the admin work and really work? Do you need someone else on the team, like a peer that's going to be just focused on analyst relations? Uh, so depending on what is your strategy, uh, then you can start like laying out the budget components to see how does that uh, relate to the plan. And my typical uh, suggestion for people is to come up with two budgets, a ideal scenario budget, right? If we spend the following money with the following analysts, this is how we can, these are the outputs, right? The, the, the outcomes that we can expect to have. However, if we don't have that money, here's the, 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 the different budget, like if we don't have a lot of money, but here's what we can expect out of this. So if you're just presenting any executive with two, with a, a, a sum of money, they're going to always ask you like, no, no, this is too much money. But if you give them the reasoning for this is what you pay and what you expect, or this is a lower amount you can pay and what you can expect. Now you're not talking just about the money you're spending, you're talking about the expected outcomes of the program. Do we expect to be on magic quadrant wave, like how many analysts we're we engaging with versus how many analysts we're not engaging with and what we're not getting out of it? And that is a much better conversation to have about the program itself rather than the budget itself. So if you can agree with your executives and your boss or the CEO of the company on what is the program, the right program for your company, and what are the outcomes you can all expect, the budget conversation becomes much, much easier. That's great, actually, because one of the other questions that um, we got was, how do I get stakeholder buy-in for my analyst relations program? So I guess, like, yeah. you know, the two budgets is actually a really good tip just because, you know, you want to be able to give them options as well. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's really handy. So thank you for that. I guess we come up to our last question then, because you yeah. you answered that very thoroughly. Um, mm. So... Yeah, this is our last one. What are some of the most important metrics I need to measure um, to impress my analysts? 
impress the analysts? Um, good question. So analysts are typically looking for uh, measures such as company growth, right? Like they want to say, is your company growing? Because that tells them, like, are you being successful? Like, are you raising money if you're a startup, like funding? Um, or are you hiring more people? And what is the rate of growth of employees year over year, for example? So that tells them, like, you're investing back in the company, you're being successful. Rate of growth of customers. So I had 100 customers, now I have 1,000 customers, or a 50% year over year uh, in terms of customer growth, because that also tells them if customers are buying your product, right? Uh, churn rates are important, because that tells them um, if your product is sticky and is people are really using and getting benefits from it. Um, there's also some interesting ROI-type metrics that they might be uh, looking for, like what exactly or how exactly is your product helping people? So one thing is to tell them, uh, people love our product, that's why we've grown so much. The other thing is to tie that to the results people are getting by showing either ROI or cost savings or whatever for your particular market makes sense on what customers are getting out of it. Now. The interesting thing about that metric, about what customers are getting out of it, is that it helps, again, the analysts understand the value that you as a company are providing. So it all goes back to the core narrative and positioning. If we are positioned as a company that's going to help and be different in the market, like the proof point is in the value customers are getting from it. If you can also tie metrics around that and show the analysts at every interaction, examples after examples of those particular metrics, that helps the analyst differentiate you from everyone else in the market, right? So there is the internal metrics, customers, rate of growth of the company. If you can disclose revenue growth, that's great as well. It gives them an idea of how you're growing and how successful you are. And then the external metrics, like how you're saving customers money, time, uh, or effort with your product. Those are also great metrics to show. Brilliant. Thank you. Um... Honestly, Daniel, you've convinced me that uh, your course is going to be extremely valuable to anyone who wants to take it on. It's been great to like listen to you and talk um, with you about this. So I'm really interested in the topic now. Thank you so much. I think like it's one of the underrated but very important pieces that that, that we have as a product marketer. I'm super glad that PMA has. Uh, invited me to do this whole course to help really people uh, like learn from my mistakes because uh, <laughs> I talk about my mistakes in the course as well. So you don't have to make those same mistakes that I've made when I was learning about analyst relations. And the content that we put together is exactly like what I I wish I had when I was just starting my career as a PMM so that I could just get going and get the best AR program I could. So uh, I'm really glad you, you enjoyed it. And I hope more people are going to come and check it out. Yes, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, just to wrap us up, would you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, you can always find me on LinkedIn. So if just search for my name, like Daniel Cooperman uh, on LinkedIn, um, connect with me, ask me questions. Uh, and I'm also very active on the PMA Slack uh, community. So if you haven't signed up or checked it out, go. that's one of the best, best resources ever for product marketers. You can ask any and all questions. We have multiple channels there. I'm active there as well. So engage with me on the Slack channel as well. Amazing. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much, Charlie. Really appreciate being here. So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you'd like to learn more about the Analyst Relations Master's course, check it out on our website at www.productmarketingalliance.com or check out the show notes for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next time.